Welcome to Fast Facts. I'm Jody. I'm Shelly. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate. The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs. Community leaders. Dallas natives. And guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too. These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth. Let's see who's slating it. Shelly, on Zoom right now, we have Richard Margolin of Robokind. He's going to tell us about all the technology that he's developed to help children with autism. And we met him through the slate, and that's why. He and got invited today. Definitely one of those things where I'm like, how does how do we not know about this? Yeah. And and then actually a lot of other people do know. I mean, they were what, weren't you entrepreneur of the year or something For like this, Ernst Richard? Young. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of awards. Uh, but most recently, probably uh entrepreneur of the year. And then I just got named for a second year in a row to the uh, Dallas or the DCEO 500 list. That is Um, awesome. Yeah. And uh, Robokind was also named this year for the first time to the D100 list SMU's fastest growing uh, privately held businesses. uh, I love it. So for those people who have never heard of Robokind, quickly Mm -hmm. tell us what is it? Yeah. So um, we're an education company. Um, and we uh, use small facially expressive robots, uh, which we design as well as now avatars or simulated versions of those robots to help uh, in two areas of education. So special needs and autism, uh, we use the robots to teach social, emotional, and behavioral skills. And then we also teach computer science to uh, any kind of elementary to middle school uh, age kids. And uh, all of it's done in a way where it's friendly to drop into the classroom, really easy to use. And our focus is on just efficacy and highest impact possible. Mm-hmm. So we use as many evidence-based practices and are, you know, are able to help um, like on the autism side, kids uh, make just tremendous progress where they otherwise may have had trouble in a traditional human to human model. Wow. Well, how did it start? Was there some moment where you said, okay, I know how to handle this. I'm going to build a robot. Um, That's what I say of. all the time. I'm going to build a robot yeah. to handle yeah. this problem in my life. <laughs> So um, basically, before I started RoboKind, I was the engineering director for another robotics company, and we were doing uh, human scale, human realistic robots. So I started doing uh, robots with expressive faces, um, uh, I guess about four and a half years before we started RoboKind. And a lot of my customers were university research groups, and I ended up supporting autism research at major universities all over the world, uh, ended up being involved in about 24 autism studies, uh, you know, places like Yale, Oxford, University of Pisa in Italy. Um, Just little you know, ones. Little yeah, ones. I mean, yeah. and, and 
learned about basically both with the stuff I was creating, um, the uh, potential for robots like this to engage and help people with autism in ways that people couldn't. And then I also learned that besides what I was doing, there was another two and a half decades at that time, now three and a half decades of uh, research using robots and other technologies for people with autism. And so um, basically those robots were large, uh, and mm -hmm. very expensive, like multi-million dollar platforms. And we looked and there was really no one doing anything, uh, trying to get all this, these decades of research into a usable format in classrooms, which is where these kids are. You know, in the US, 92% of, uh, of students on the autism spectrum are only receiving services from their schools and nothing else. And so mm -hmm. okay. we needed to go where these kids were in order to help and make a high impact. And of course, we also needed a robot that was much less expensive and much more durable that could live in a classroom and take a beating. And then we needed real <laughs> curriculum. A um, robot that can take a beating. <laughs> you know, I mean, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, it's it's one of those little things, but you know you need if you're going to put a piece of hardware like this in a classroom, right. it needs to last for years, and it needs to do so without having to be serviced really at all. So mm. you, you don't want you don't want to have a robot go down and have a classroom, you know, without without their program for three months. Like it's just not the right thing to do. So we've made sure that you know our robots last, and you know that our our classes always have access to everything they need. Well, I wish you could build everything in my house because right. <laughs> nothing I have in my house is lasting, it seems. Okay, can we just kind of role play what this looks like? Because we've talked to you more so I, and we've seen your videos. Like we've, yeah. we can envision what you're talking about, but I mm -hmm. think it's so cool. And for those people who don't, you know, aren't familiar with the autism spectrum and all yeah. of this. So the robot, instead of going, hi, Shelly, it's nice to meet you with a human. You're mm -hmm. literally doing this with a robot because social and emotional is, is where the struggle is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically imagine a small um, kind of uh, superhero-esque robot with a mm -hmm. cartoonish, but very human-like face that moves is fully expressive. And then, uh, you know, with that, the robot speaks. So we explain different ideas. Uh, simple concept is let's say we're teaching you how to say hi. So basically Milo, one of our robots would be on the desk in front of a student and the student would have an iPad and we'll get to kind of what that's there for later. But um, basically Milo would explain things. There's a little screen on the, on the chest of the robots, um, okay. which yeah. we use to basically show flashcards to reinforce important vocabulary visually where we slow down the speech of our robots, um, which helps kids with auditory processing issues have more time to absorb and understand what's being said. Um, and then we use uh, what's called the social narrative process, which is uh, really good for all types of learning, but is like a gold standard evidence-based practice for autism and other kind of social emotional learning. So basically teaching you how to say hi. So the, mm -hmm. what you'll hear Milo say is it's just process-oriented learning. When we greet someone, we look, we smile, we say hi. So look, smile, say hi. And so for each of those words, you'd have a flashcard that pops up on the screen in perfect sync. Um, and then 
uh, we explain it a few different ways in a few different contexts and then getting to the tablet, we explain it and then we show it. And so we've actually filmed hundreds and hundreds of videos of kids and adults doing these things both correctly and incorrectly. So we'll show, we'll explain it, we'll show some examples, and then we'll uh, show another video where maybe they missed a step. So a kid, you know, walks in and instead of the full looking, smiling and saying hi, mm -hmm. uh, you know, misses the looking. And so we'll quiz and then okay. they'll get those uh, flashcards as their answer buttons for the assessment. And that's at a very high level kind of what most of these lessons look like. It's, mm -hmm. it's really well, using just as many evidence-based practices as possible, cramming it into this program and uh, delivering it, it in yeah, delivering it in like a perfectly coordinated way where, you know, there can be as much repetition as necessary. And um, it's just, it's, it's perfect every time, basically. And that's kind of where we can take advantage of the robots and the technology. Well, I would like Milo to deliver me <laughs> some information <laughs> too. Can you tell me, so saying hi, super, it, you know, um, uh, very much a building block of other more complex social interactions. Can you yeah. tell us about some of the other, like maybe do you handle more uh, complex ones or larger social interactions through the robot as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our, you know, there, there's kind of the four areas that uh, our curriculum covers. And right now it's, it's, it's four different areas, 16 topics. And right now we're at about 145 lessons. So oh, it's, wow. it's okay, a lot well, of, oh, there you go. Yeah, but uh, yes. like conversational dynamics would be like within conversation, going from let's learn how to say hi and bye and when to say hi and bye mm -hmm. and different contextual types of, you know, things that change the way you may behave and speak with people into let's have a real conversation. And we know that there are, you know, different types of conversations. So one-sided versus two-sided conversations. There's wow. different kinds of conversations in in so much as, you know, I may speak differently and have different word choice if I'm speaking with, you know, my friend versus my teacher. So uh, formal versus informal types of conversations. And so that's just an example of kind of the, as the complexity builds as you get deeper into the curriculum. Amazing. And, and are you seeing, I mean, what are the, I mean, is this fully part of research still? So you know, are we tracking each child? Are you using yeah. data to know that it only took Shelly three weeks to get past module one? Everyone's getting stuck on module 10, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. all the way to 145. What is your what are your numbers and your data saying about the process and how it's working? Yeah. So, I mean, we have both kind of our data plus a lot of independent uh, academic research as well, validating like different aspects of our curriculum. But um, I mean, basically the starting point's engagement. So uh, in a traditional human to human model, you're seeing two to 5% engagement between the student and the teacher or therapist. With our robots, you're seeing um, more in the 85% uh, So wait, 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 wait. Why is that? Is it kind of like yeah. a kid reading to a dog? It's less yeah. intimidating. And so kids read to, you know, what, why? Or is why it the flashcards on the it, chest? It's, it's a lot of things. I think the starting point and having spoken to a lot of students, I mean, there's what the research says, and then I've had there's the what benefit your gut of, says. of, of speaking to a lot of students about why it's easier and adults and things that, you know, who are on the spectrum themselves and really get a sense of it. But basically the robots are kind of a pared down version of a human, right? So when 
there's not a lot of extraneous bandwidth. There's not unless we want there to be extra body language. Mm-hmm. We can we can focus on one thing at a time. It's easier. It is lower pressure, definitely. And then, of course, the curriculum is using all of kind of the, the best ways to engage with these uh, kiddos as possible. And so that's that, I think, is kind of our starting point. And then from there, um, you know, we see just, I mean, tremendous, just tremendous impact um, and it varies for some kids. It's really quickly and we collect data on everything and we track progress. We do assessments when they start the program and start different areas of the mm-hmm. program. So we're able to show growth against their own personal baseline, not, not against an arbitrary starting point. And um, it's that's really uh, helped. And, you know, the the yeah. more human side of it is, you know, early on when we were testing the curriculum, uh, we were working at uh, University of Texas at Dallas Collier Center uh, for a yeah. study, and we uh, we had a kid. Uh, his name was Cole. He's fourteen. I have full releases, so I can share. Yeah. Some <laughs> um, just just putting that out there. We're 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 pretty uh, big on privacy, but yeah. Yes. Um, you know, he was on CNN, so it's it's a well-known story. You seem like you've thought point. of a lot of things. It seems yeah. like you've yeah. seen things Covered through, Richard. Bases. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so Cole was 14. He'd been in therapy since he was like two and a half. Um, he did that same greetings lesson I just kind of outlined um, twice and um, had been nonverbal and went home and said hi to his parents for the first time. Oh, man. Cole. I would yeah. fall to the ground. That's amazing. How many of these robots are out in the world? And where um, are they? Are they are all they over the place? Okay. Um, we, I mean, there's some here in uh, Dallas area. I think mm-hmm. right now uh, we've got about 550 uh, throughout mostly the U.S. and some in Canada. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. What is That's it real. like to? That's... I mean, look. I mean, Jody and I love doing what we do at this late because we get to connect people, and then that sometimes that little moment is what can make a difference for somebody's business or like take the frustration away from, and we find joy in that. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, you know, Cole yeah. said hi to his parents, like it, how f- amazing is it to be building and using this skill set? Cause clearly I bet you could code something for us in like under yeah. 10 seconds, anything you wanted, but while providing like this huge, usually, you know, technology and humanity and its intersection is so fascinating to me right now. Like, is mm-hmm. this just, daily rewarding for you to some extent it is i mean it what we've seen and again you know actually having real conversations not just looking at the data um is you know the the data shows us a lot in aggregate and we're working with thousands of students every day so we're able to see you know broader impact but also speaking to to students and speaking to people who are using it um the way that aside from that initial engagement and it being easier to work with also the way the curriculum's presented is there's it's positive feedback it's when there need to be corrections like when there's an incorrect answer it's going back and explaining in a positive way it's patient and so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff we're creating really intrinsic motivation i think we're doing yeah. a really good job of not just saying here's a normative behavior that you need to do we try and stay away from that entire ideology That's and cool. really make sure that it's about here's a skill and here's why it is valuable to know it and be able to use it. And with some of the things like our calm down activities, 
because a lot of these kids have a lot of yeah. meltdowns yeah. and things like that. That's the fastest where you see that because these kids have these severe mm. meltdowns and it's they don't enjoy it. It's not fun right. for anyone. So you you present to them a way to start managing that and start kind of intervening in their own process and they take to it immediately. And then everything else in the curriculum really comes in the same way. Yeah, I like that relieved. you say it's in their own process. Yeah, I think that's they, your, they get relieved. They want it yeah. now. Yeah. Interesting. Can I ask yeah. a very interesting, like, just like kind of flip the coin here for one second. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing, all the impact that you're making, all the good that you're doing, what you're doing is something I would have never thought I should be preparing for in high school or in college. Yeah. Um, what would you tell someone? I feel like our world is heading towards more and more technology. What mm -hmm. would you tell someone in high school right now or in college, you need to study on this. You need to focus on that so that you can come code for me. Or I mean, what do you look for? And what, a, what are the future? I mean, our kids, I need, they need to code, Shelly. Yeah. Yeah, they do. We need our kids to be able to uh, be preparing to yeah. kind of like enter the world that you're trying to pioneer. Yeah. I mean, I think I, the, the first thing I always try and really emphasize is that coding technology is yes, it's a technical skill, but it's also a creative outlet, just mm, like painting and art and things like that. I mean, the reality of all of this is, you know, in order to do what we've done, in order to do the various things I've done over the years, you know, there are graphic designers, there are sculptors, there are, you know, software developers, there are, uh, you know, writers and everything. And so, but, you know, each one of those, there's elements of the technology that you learn, and it makes you more efficient, it makes you better at, you know, actually getting to that end goal and of that creative expression that you're trying to achieve, whether it's, you know, my robots and my curriculum and the way we're doing it, or a game or anything else. Um, you know, I, I like to use an example with actually our creative director at Robokine, she taught herself, um, you know, some basic scripting in uh, like Adobe Illustrator and uh, Maya, which is, you know, 3D environment and things like that stuff we use for different elements of our design. And, uh, you know, was able to script things like having, you know, multiple animated positions and colors of, you know, the robot and things like that for all kinds of different assets. And because of the way she scripted it, it took her about half an hour to generate thousands and thousands of different assets for us. And had she done it the old way manually, it mm -hmm. would have been months. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, and as a, and it would have been months of very not fun, not creative, just front mm -hmm. work, right? So oh, yeah. there's elements of being able to automate your life and automate your own job to be more efficient that make it better in addition mm -hmm. to it being a truly creative outlet because, you know, we all want to solve problems and this lets us do that. And learning to code, whether you use it every day or not, teaches you a formal mm. process and formal logic. It's the same thing I think I got out of engineering school is it's not that, you know, I know uh, everything about everything I actually took classes on. But when mm -hmm. presented with a relevant problem, I know where to start and I know how to solve it. And I, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a completely brand new thing, but, you know, there are ways to do it. And so learning, learning process around things like that is, I think, the most important because you can then do anything you want. Incredible. I'm also curious, and I actually thought this is where Jody was going, oh. talking about young kids, mm -hmm. I feel like because our children are so in their phones mm -hmm. and they don't really 
a child who's not even autistic. Yeah. You know, we'll often even, you know, I'll work with some of them on interview skills and and just basic social interaction. And how do you walk mm-hmm. in and actually speak to that adult yeah. and, and have a conversation with that adult and then head upstairs and hang out with your buddy? Yeah. Do you think that RoboKind will kind of get into that world eventually? Because we're all like in our caves of our technology. Yeah. Because technology yeah. can be really good. And then we have the other side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to to that end, we're we're seeing our our existing programs being used more and more as just general social emotional learning. And so we are working towards that. Uh, you know, I think back to the importance of learning things like coding or engineering or electronics. It also enables these kids to not just be consumers to, you know, but to be creators, right? I mean, we're, we're in a world already and it's just going to keep accelerating where if, if you, if you have the skill set to create and it's getting easier and easier, like it doesn't have to be, you have to learn, you know, actual line coding and things like that. There's all these no code environments and drag and drop environments, but you still need to learn enough. Uh, so you understand know what what's doing. actually happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I have friends who have created technology companies uh, that don't know how to code in any mm-hmm. formal sense, but they they know enough to be able to find and, a coder, uh, yeah, to find a coder or even just use some of these drag and drop types of environments to yeah. pitch things together as like first prototypes. And so I'm actually like, I mean, I, I'm constantly you know, taking online classes and I'm still oh, learning because always it, learning because yeah. it's always you changing. To. You yeah. have to. Yeah. And you know, it, let's automate and, our lives, Jody. Exactly. Yeah, and you, and you can make get it ourselves a robot named Myla. <laughs> yes. We yeah. have, we have a Robin um, and we're uh-huh. about to actually have, and we have jet and we're about to have our fourth character. Who's a dark skinned female who we have cool. not named yet, which Ooh. is why I don't have a name for Maybe her. Like, yet. We'll submit some names. We'll submit yeah. names. I like that. Well, let's wrap with this because the truth is I look at someone like you and I just am mesmerized by what you can do. It is not my skill set. So is there an industry out there? And what's interesting is I feel like like RoboKind is an amalgamation of a Mm -hmm. lot of different disciplines. But is there a discipline that you just look at and you say, wow, those people take my breath away. I wish um, I could do that. I appreciate that they can do it. And I yes, uh, I think that the right now the industry where that's the case is uh, probably uh, space, and uh, hmm. you know that'll. Like, well, I think Rocker. you could tackle space, Richard. Richard, uh, you can get to space. I was I, hoping you'd say lawyers, just so Jody would react. <laughs> <laughs> if you said tax lawyer, I was going to be like, oh, Richard. Yeah, I you're love right. You. Space is pretty cool. Our dad wanted to be an astronaut and take off. That hadn't really happened, but um, yeah. Yeah, that eyesight. I really wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have a number of friends who work work in the space industry. People I know who have robots in space and you know satellites in space and things like that. And I always just feel like. You know, when, whenever you're having that conversation, there's always interesting problems they're solving that I don't have to deal with. But also there's just something cool about being able to put space in front of anything, anything. you're doing, you know, rockets, space robots. Uh, you know, I have a friend who's working on a swarm of 40 robots for uh, the lunar uh, projects through Artemis. Uh, he's at NASA, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have friends who, you know, have you know multiple, you know, their operating systems on you know hundreds of uh, small cube sats in space and things like that. And so I'm just, 
you know, it's, it is the frontier. There's a lot of other frontiers right now, mm-hmm. but that to me is kind of the, the coolest because there's just so many new problems to solve. And even things that we've solved historically, we have to solve in different ways when we're moving them, you know, yeah. out, out of gravity, basically. Shelley, so. the thing <laughs> is, Richard, you can put the word space in front of anything you want. Yeah, exactly. Space the slate. Space yeah, so slate. we are space slate. Yeah. We're, we're going to have, have like a little new tab on the website, space slate. And yeah. it's just going to be our aspirations to learn more about space. I would yeah. totally love to have a robot okay. running around here, like helping out. That'd be super <laughs> awesome. Automate some of our lives. Well, Richard, you, you are, um, this is way too cool. Yeah. And um, I love that you've like, you're rocking a dog in the background of your Zoom yeah. call with, with us a and bike. a bike. You know, like you're just a cool dude. You're doing great things. We appreciate this and and taking the time for us because what we don't understand is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's so and we wanted amazing. more people to hear about it. So Absolutely. thanks, Richard. Absolutely. 